This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We start things out by going right into your phone calls. That is the point of the show. Uh, we go to the amp lines, talk to Cooper in Colorado. Cooper, you are on Free Talk Live. Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are. Hey, guys. Yeah, it's 5 o'clock. So. What's on your mind uh, tonight? Anyway, uh, I'm sitting on the grass in uh, here in Colorado. My mom is in a meeting. I'm sitting on the grass talking to my dad, who is in New Hampshire right now. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there talking to him, and the, the this cop car rolls up to me. I'm sitting on the grass. And these two cops come out of the car, immediately have their hands on their guns, come up to me and demand that they see my my ID. Uh oh. Yeah, and I was completely unprepared for this. Uh, I was like, uh, "Why, officer? Just show me some, show me some ID." Why, officer? So we're looking for a guy who looks like you. <laughs> and and of course, uh, I just I kind of took my my dad's advice and. Uh, I was like, all right, screw it. I just, I just gave him my ID. Hmm. He took it, and he's like, all right. And he gets the so next time, next time, um, obey. A cop asks you a question, you need to obey immediately. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I really felt like shouting an obscenity at them, but that, would, that would be a bad idea. Um, yeah, but my dad's advice to me was, you know, uh, it's great to be active in, in this kind of stuff, but wait until you get to New Hampshire until you have someone to bail you out. And I'm on my way, so. I'd like to read the Fourth Amendment for uh, those that might be sitting there thinking, punk kid didn't listen to what the kid, the cops said. He's lucky, that he's lucky he didn't end up in jail. It's the right of the people to be secure in their persons. Persons, right? I mean, right. your identity should be part of your person. Houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Did these cops show you any kind of probable cause to uh, demand your ID? No, they just made some crap up. Yeah, they, they, they seemed... Uh... Um, like they were actually doing something, but who knows? Yeah, well, you never know. Exactly. I mean, they, they're they very good at lying and pretending things. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't push it further and try to search you and stuff like that just because they could, you know, get away with it. Uh, they, they love the exigent circumstances excuse of, we're on the lookout for a mad bomber. He's uh, in the area somewhere, and you, you look kind of like him with that curly hair. Uh, you know, then they use those excuses to come into people's houses and stuff and do all kinds of privacy violating measures. Right. And it was just it was totally strange. And I, I just I I really felt like saying, no, I don't have any to show you. But I, you know, I really have nobody here that would know anything more to bail me out. So right. Well, I I know there are some activists that don't even want to get bailed out because that would require signing paperwork, uh, signing government paperwork. Though some have suggested you may be able to sign it uh, like under duress or all rights reserved or any or something like that. Wayne, have you ever seen that approach? The uh, the yeah. all rights reserved. Yeah, you sign uh, in small caps uh, TDC for threat, duress, coercion after your signature. People do that. I think that one might be too obscure because it's not a common uh, – the TDC is not a common acronym. Mm-hmm. People don't really know what that is. But it doesn't take that long to write all rights reserved out on top of your, uh, top of your signature. It's just another idea for those that feel like they must sign a government paperwork at the threat of a gun, essentially. Okay, well, I'll sign it. Oh, what? You don't like that? Well, it's part of my signature. You know, They can't tell you how you can and can't sign things, right? It's true. 
So consider that if you ever feel coerced into, into signing government paperwork. I can't tell you it's going to do anything for you, but at least it's something. It's an you, idea. You got to say that. You know? Yeah. Uh, so interesting uh, story, Cooper, and I do agree with your uh, your dad's sentiment that while it's a good idea to practice activism before you get to New Hampshire, it's also not a good idea to end up in the pokey uh, while you're yeah. really literally just months away from being here permanently. No one's going to back you up there in Colorado. Of course, that hasn't stopped yeah. our friend Sam in Texas from continuing to uh, <laughs> continuing his adventures in Legal Land down there, and I'm expecting uh, to get a phone call from him tonight. Uh, he did call me this morning after he got out of court, so they didn't throw him in the pokey today, which is uh, is good news. Cooper, yeah. any other stories for us tonight? Well, I just wanted to say that I'll be heading out there uh, around the end of August, and I'll be there to stay. Oh, cool! That's exciting. Congratulations in advance on that, and uh, looking forward to seeing you here. You going to college there, uh, here, Cooper? Yeah, I'm going to take a year off and uh, live in uh, Manchester and do some activism and uh, establish residency, and then I'm going to be going to college in uh, Plymouth. I think that uh, a young man should should work before he goes to college, at the very least, my opinion. If you don't know what you want to do, there's no reason to be in college. If you haven't made up your mind as to what, which direction you want to go in, there's no point in floating around college while you figure all that out. So I agree with that. Yeah, Cooper, that's an thanks. expensive year. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. I, th- I think that if you're going to do the core requirement thing, because um, basically the first two years of college is the same for everybody at that's university. True. For if the most gonna, part. If you're going to do the core requirement thing, do it at community college where it's significantly um, less. Less costly, and you don't have to pay for. You know, what is university? It's an excuse to get away from the parents' house, which, you know, I mean, that's a that's a crappy reason to go living out on your own so that you can go out and uh, you, you know do that anyway. Yeah, you you can go out and party and drink. I mean, that's what college students are doing at university, right. especially the first two years. They're the, the a great deal of them are out there just partying. That said, uh, once you do figure out what you want in life, and if you do determine that college is going to be a prerequisite for getting what you want, then it's cool to have liberty-oriented people in, uh, in college campuses, because that certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. Sure. If you're, if you're going to be an architect, you probably will need college. But I'll tell you what, if you had a year at an architect's office before you went to mm. college, that's even better, because you know, at, at 5.15 an hour, they need people to run papers around, make coffee, do all kinds of things. I tell you what, there's two fields. If, if I uh, I've been telling my kids right now to get into one is engineering because uh, there's about ten lawyers go- coming out of colleges now for every engineer. We need engineers. They're and the ones who design stuff, to build stuff, to make stuff, to have a good economy. Right. And in and, and in America, there's a dearth of American engineers. Uh, there's there's a great deal of Indian engineers, and they they live in America, and uh, lots of Asians in the engineering field, but. You know, the, the fact is, it matter. You know, race matters a little bit, and there's just not that many white engineers coming out, and and so you know, put a put a few white engineers in there, and then you can, uh, you know, pay, people care about those things. If they have no white engineers on their staff, they're liable to hire one just to keep the quotas up. Well, there's also a lot of engineers who are retiring now too that, that mm. were educated back in the 50s, 60s, 70s who are going to be retiring soon. The other field is geology because. Uh, right now, with the resources getting expensive as they are, you may see a big uptick in the demand for geologists f- with oil companies, with mining companies, et cetera, because all those guys are old and getting ready to retire, too. Hmm. Interesting. You sound like a white nationalist with your white engineer thing. You mean Americans? You mean Americans aren't taking engineering jobs? I, I'm not. I don't mean that. No, I mean that white Americans aren't taking engineering. Aren't? aren't you what know, about going, black Americans? Are they going into not engineering? Not really. No. Um, you know, mostly. Um, Indian and and Asians coming out of the uh, the engineering schools in America. They're they're American citizens, and I don't want to diminish that in any way. All I'm saying is race matters in hiring, and it does. And so, 
when, when you know, I thought it was just mostly people from other countries that were coming over. That's and, happening too. Yeah. yeah, that was even happening back in the seventies and eighties. But uh, the the point is, the, a lot of Americans are just have gotten lazy and they take these uh, these courses in college, just get through college quickly and get a degree. But you know, what can you do with that piece of paper when you get out? You have to have a marketable skill or profession when you get out. Otherwise, you're wasting your money in college. Right. Your communications degree and your degree <laughs> in uh, liberal arts or the French horn or uh, sociology, unfortunately, they're just not that valuable. Unless you're going to become a college professor and teach sociology, but those jobs are far and few between. Yeah, good luck. Sure. And that's, that's, but a lot of people come out with a bachelor's in sociology, which that's just, you know, that, that's bartender material there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, here's a story uh, we didn't get to last night, but uh, we mentioned it briefly, and it's about the Border Patrol. And apparently the government bureaucrats are saying that corruption's up Mm. on the border. What a surprise. I wonder Mm. why that would be. Has it been the crackdown in uh, illegal immigration enforcement? That would seem to be the obvious answer. According to Reuters, Border Patrol agent Reynaldo Zuniga was arrested last month lugging a bag of cocaine up from the Rio Grande, one of a growing number of law enforcement officers accused of taking bribes from drug gangs. Former colleagues say Zuniga used to wait until agents in the south Texas town of Harlegan were distracted with paperwork and then slipped down to the river and helped them smuggle drugs from Mexico. The increasing use of bribes by Mexican drug cartels to corrupt agents comes as Washington is sending $400 million to help Mexico's army-led war on the trafficking gangs whose brutal murders have surged to an unpre- uh, to unprecedented levels. Well, that's a great idea. Let's give the Mexican military $400 million to fight a war on drugs because they're not corrupt, right? More coming back. I'll give you the rest of the story. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, including the wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. You can edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our site. Go to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Travel less, meet online, try, to, try WebEx for free. Go to webex.com and enter promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx today. That, and that's W-E-B. B-E-X dot com. Enter promo code 600, that's 600, and start your free trial of WebEx today. Um, we got uh, some results back from the WebEx advertising, and uh, they've been doing quite well on the show. Apparently, we... That's fantastic. Yeah, apparently the, the show's populated by Internet geeks. Who would have thought? <laughs> good. I'm glad somebody is uh, trying out their software, because I've heard good things about it. Yep. Uh, so seems to be working for them. WebEx dot com. All right, 800-259-9231. A little more on this story here out of uh, Texas about the Border Patrol agents in being caught up in ever more border corruption cases than they, for instance, might have been caught in a, a decade ago. And a little more information, we continue with your calls here. The increase of the use of bribes by Mexican drug cartels to corrupt agents comes at the same time that Washington is sending $400 million to help Mexico's army-led war on the trafficking gangs, whose brutal murders have surged to unprecedented levels. $400 million going into the hands of uh, Mexican army members. From the U.S. government. How do you think the the anti-immigration zealots would feel about that one, just out of curiosity? 
They'd be outraged. Probably would be pretty upset about that. Um, but beyond the, beyond that, the money's going to be um, completely wasted because the levels of corruption in the Mexican government are, if not as high as the U.S. government, much higher. I think so. Um, you know, the, the, the corruption's less institutionalized. Right. So instead of a fee, it, it would be a bribe. To me, it's essentially the same thing. You know, where, where's the bribe going uh, versus where's the fee going? I, I think people don't like the idea that the uh, bribe might be going directly into the officer or bureaucrat's pocket, whereas a fee goes into the general coffers. What difference does it really make? Well, right. there's, there's virtually no welfare in Mexico, so that's how they extract money from the, the populace. Through bribes. These uh, $400 million coming from the taxpayers is likely going to go into the pocket of some of those gangs. It's certainly going to go into the pocket of some corrupt military officials. And, I mean, it's just, who do these people think they're fooling? Remember, the, these people in Washington, are they fooling themselves into believing this $400 million is actually going to go for the purposes they believe it's going for? How could you possibly not understand what's going on down there? I don't think uh, in politics you worry about those things. I think you worry about uh, what's going to uh, you know look good. Who's going to scratch your back back for the four hundred yeah. million? Basically, well, officers it's not their four hundred million. It's our it's the taxpayers four hundred million. So you know what do they care? That's true. Officer Zuniga, the border patrol agent, caught with uh, caught actually with cocaine. He was actually doing the trafficking this time instead of just taking a bribe. He was involved in actually moving the stuff. Uh, he was, uh, according to one of his co-workers, he was a good agent and a hard worker. I can't understand why he would do this. We're supposed to be protecting our borders, said a former colleague of his, another Border Patrol agent. Well, you know, really? He's probably immersed in uh, the same stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's so full of it. How could you not understand? It's cash, my friend. Cash talks. It's the lower of easy money. Yeah. And, and it is easy. Uh, data on agents convicted of graft are not made public, but the isn't that convenient? But the U.S. government is probing hundreds of border corruption cases where a decade ago it said it just saw a few dozen a year, a few dozen a year versus hundreds now. Hmm. The FBI. That's what we need. We need a bigger crackdown. We need more agents at the border, right? That'll solve the problem. Oh, no, that won't. All that means is price, drug prices will go up slightly because the drug cartels will have to, just have to pay off more guys. That's, that's all. That's it, you know. You have to pay the supervisor now, basically. You know, they, it's just not a solution putting more people on the border. And, Sorry. you know, really, it's not going to um, – while drug prices will go up somewhat as a result of it, you have to remember that when you're talking about crossing the border – you're talking about, in many cases, uh, sure, there's some small-time action down on the border, but we're talking, for the most part, 18-wheelers and stuff like that loaded with, with drugs. I mean, these are the big shipments that are multi-million dollar level kind of drug shipments. And if right now you're having to pay off three to five border guards at a cost of $20,000 per guard, adding in a few more border guards to that isn't going to significantly. When you distribute well, another twenty grand across you know, 200 pounds of marijuana or cocaine, it really only comes out to a, a few dollars per pound to, the, to increase. I, I understand uh, what you're saying there, um, and the thing is, is that's, it's not quite that simple. The more guards there are, the less likelihood that uh, you'll get a bribe across simply because there'll be one, um, you know, one staunch guy in there that will uh, mess everything up for everybody, or the That's fear that possible. one guy, one guy is going to do that. But when you're talking about an area as vast as the border is, then 
you <laughs> the amount of people that you have to put down there um is it's just phenomenal now it, it may very well right, stop no, a truck a tractor trailer coming through a particular area but it won't right, stop you can't it. drive that across the desert right well the, the, but there are there are roads all over the the border they're yeah. all over so i mean it's it's a really long border it's half mm-hmm. the nation long so you're you you can't have agents at every stop, and if you do have agents at every stop, you only have one or two or something like that, and that's that's where you're going to see it happen. It's going to happen less in El Paso, and happen more in you know some little obscure place. Well, a question we can't really answer beyond speculation is how deep does the corruption run? I mean, if it turns out that uh, supervisors are already being paid off in some places and that goody-goody gets the job and he finds out that some of his other uh, people, including people that are above him in the agency, are corrupt, then you could have a situation where he's just too darn scared to do anything. I mean, because you remember, we are talking about the illegal drug world and the Border Patrol is just as likely the, – the corrupt Border Patrol agents are just as likely as you know a gang member, uh, as a, a regular gang member across the border to execute somebody that isn't going along with the plan. So if, if you're that frightened of what your superiors who are on the take might do to you, that could be enough to just keep you quiet and look the other way. It, it could be enough to convince a, some, even a goody-goody to just take the payment and look the other way. And looking the other way is um, – it's a heck of a lot easier than being involved. That's so, what all that is. That's it, what all it. That's all it takes to get a, an eighteen wheeler through is to look the other way. You don't bring the drugs dogs around it. You just let it pass through, and your job is done. You don't have to do anything else. You no know, and those are the those are the kind of things that are easiest to slide by. Right. Is uh, you know the, the things that are difficult to prove. How do you know that uh, a bureaucrat was you know acting like a bureaucrat and having a cup of coffee, or was in fact in cahoots with these people. Great that's question. Diff- that's difficult to to prove. Now, if you can prove, uh, you can set up a sting operation with the FBI that says you can get the uh, the guy who's in charge, the uh, the chief bureaucrat there, that that might make it so the other bureaucrats you know don't want to play, you know, don't want to be good guys. If you can get the chief bureaucrat to accept a bribe to take you know twenty kilos of cocaine or something like that. Then that's a lot easier to get to nail someone down on. Whereas if you're if somebody's taking money from you know some Mexican gang to look the other way when uh, you know people are brought across the border, what do you do with that? Some put the rise in bribery down to a recent tightening of border controls and a jump in hiring new agents. Smugglers can offer hundreds of thousands of dollars to get past the heavily policed border with drugs and immigrants, uh, much more than a border agent or sheriff even makes in a year. More coming uh, coming back. You can take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on that list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S dot com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more. All at internobs.com. 800-259-9231. A little more on this story from Reuters about the Border Patrol agents. According to the government's, U.S. government's own admission, uh, the increase in corruption probes is quite intense down there in the Border Patrol region, where they're now looking into hundreds of cases per year, as opposed to uh, maybe a couple dozen is what they would have had, as they said, ten years ago. Mm. So a serious up uh, increase in the amount of uh, corruption going on down there, which is inevitable if they're going to expand the Border Patrol bureaucracy, a uh, bureaucracy whose job it is to enforce prohibitions, prohibitions on drugs and prohibitions on people crossing borders, then there's going to be people who are going to be, be buying those guys off. And it's kind of interesting to learn some of the ways they do that. As the Reuters story points out, smugglers can offer hundreds of thousands of dollars to get past uh, the heavily policed border. And I'm imagining that's hundreds of thousands of dollars per year is what can go through. They're not going to give $100,000 on one trip through. So you'll get, you know, 20 here, 20 there, 20 there. That sort of thing is probably... I, I don't know. I mean... You don't pay, you don't pay your... It wouldn't make sense to pay somebody in advance uh, for an entire year's worth of smuggling just because they could get fired or Who knows whatever. That, that's to, that it's for um, a year's worth of smuggling. It may be, be just for one trip. Hard to imagine, but I suppose it's possible. When anyway. you're talking about, uh, I, I, I don't know, this is for drugs, right? Yeah, it is. And I, 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 look, I understand that I may be showing ignorance here, but when you're talking about kilos and kilos of cocaine, a truck, a semi-truck, yeah. half a semi-truck full of cocaine that's a lot of cocaine when you start banging that out to grams a hundred thousand dollars it's true. really much it's true well anyway gangs also use attractive women as bait setting a honey trap to entice officials one agent told reuters that uh, as his sniffer dog searched a freight train for immigrants and drugs in the texas borderlands he said i was offered sex to let a woman across the rio grande but i have a family and i turned her down so i wonder how many people would uh, say yes to an attractive uh, latina lady from yeah, one of these gangs. That's pretty tough. Corruption south of the border is <laughs> a major hurdle to Mexican President Felipe Calde- Calderon's quest to crush drug gangs with up to half the country's police thought to be crooked. Spiraling drug violence has killed 1,700 people in Mexico this year. U.S. anti-drug... I wonder what the honest... I, they say up to half of the country's police in Mexico is believed to be crooked. Nobody has ever speculated on what percentage of American cops are crooked. All you ever hear is, oh, it's only a few bad apples. But no one has ever taken the time to do any sort of speculation. I don't know where they get those numbers from for Mexico, that half are crooked. I don't know where that even comes Everyone from. Everyone is crooked, raise your hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, where does that – I don't know where they pull those numbers, but I'd love to see somebody make an estimate for uh, what the corruption level of the police in America is. I believe it is far more than just a few bad apples, but I have no real evidence to, to go on. We also we, we've been hearing for the past few years this big uproar over over uh, Mexican immigrants. We have to remember that Mexico is a client state of the U.S. If Washington really wanted to stop all these people pouring over the border, they would because they have really control over the Mexican government because they give them foreign aid and and other assistance. So to say that that this is happening and, and our government's doing nothing about it um, is is only telling part of the story. So we continue here uh, with a little bit more about the money. 
Uh, the campaign anti-drug officials have pointed to higher street cocaine prices as proof of tighter border controls. But the campaign is weakened by cases like that of a Border Patrol agent and his brother in Texas who netted $1.5 million by letting tons of marijuana through checkpoint inspection lanes from 2003 to 2005. So that's $1.5 uh, let's see. That's one. Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And how many? That's the three guys. You said uh, two guys. Two guys. Two guys. One point five million. Yep, yeah, that that's was a lot all of it took. That's uh, one hundred and four weeks over two years. That's uh, fourteen thousand bucks a week. They must have looked like Richard Pryor, and I can't remember this movie, but he uh, what the movie is. But he stole some money from work and pulls up the next day in uh, like a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder who did that. <laughs> and why? Because drugs are illegal. Right. And so it's funny that the uh, anti-drug officials. Are are saying that, well, because cocaine is a higher price on the street, that's proof that the border controls are working? No, it's not. All that's proof of is that money, the money supply is inflating, and they're paying off more border guards. That's all. There's yeah, still drugs coming through. You're yeah, not stopping anything. Yeah, the cost of doing business is higher now. Exactly. In one case, showing the breadth of the problem... Two California-based employees of Wackenhut, a contractor that transports detained illegal immigrants, were charged last month for uh, with freeing those immigrants for $2,500 each. Hmm. Also, in June, police arrested a, an L.A. attorney for U.S. ICE, uh, U.S. Immigration and Enfo- Customs Enforcement, for allegedly accepting huge bribes to issue green cards and other papers. According to a special agent who oversees ICE's corruption investigations, this was an amazing compromise of our system and its integrity. And I'm telling you, it's not the only one. Smugglers are willing to do anything to get people into the country, and they'll move anything for a dollar. U.S. Inspector Richard Elizalda, arrested in 2006, was paid 70 grand to let through hundreds of immigrants after a persuasive female smuggler he met at the San Ysidro crossing became his lover. What a surprise. A sudden influx of Border Patrol agents may have worsened the problem. The number of agents along the border has jumped now to more than 14,700 from less than 9,000 four years ago, so it's gone up over 50%. Agents received intense training and ethics courses, but some officials worry about the <laughs> ethics training courses, process. <laughs> ethics courses are not going to stop somebody from taking nope. a bribe. I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense that it would. You can increase their pay, too, and that won't stop them either. You can increase the Border Patrol agent's pay to $100,000 a year, and a $20,000 you know, bonus is still going to look good. Mm-hmm. It is. I think that uh, at, at $100,000 a year, you will get uh, you know, a higher caliber. But You'll also get taxed, too, a y- whole lot. Y- you will. But when you look at... Let's look at honesty for a minute. And I'm not saying that this uh, compares completely because stealing and letting a human being cross an imaginary line in the dirt are two different things. But look at bank tellers. Bank tellers don't make a great deal of money. Maybe, sure. I, I don't know, I'm going to speculate, 10 bucks an hour uh, where I am and you know, most of the places. You know, yeah, maybe a little more. It, I don't think much more. Yeah, not much. Yeah, they, they don't make, a, you know, they don't make, the, that's not the high earning. But these women, and, you know, some cases men, um, I, it seems like women everywhere, everywhere I go. These people, uh, you know, they're entrusted with a great deal of money. It's a job where you have to be ethical and not steal. Unfortunately, ethics aren't worth that much in the marketplace. Well, that's true, Mark. But, you know, in a bank, every dollar is accounted for. So they have to ba- a teller has to balance every day. So it's very difficult to steal that's money. True. There's cameras everywhere. But when you're, on a, when you're on a border, you can look around and think, hmm, I won't get caught. I get this 20 grand. <laughs> it's, it's a little easier that- to take the money and hide it out someplace. Yeah, Nobody sure. knows where it came from. Let's go sure. talk to Nigel in Texas. He's on the amp line. Nigel, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, so I am a 
I am working at an office that is contracted by the government to build part of the border fence. Okay. Oh, my. And so there's a lot that I can't talk about. But what I do want to bring up is whether I'm a bad person for getting paid for that or not. And I don't think I am. Okay, what's your rationale? The rationale for that is it's not going to stop anything, as you all discussed. You know, anybody can bribe a Border Patrol agent. So it may, you know, it may raise the price of cocaine by a dollar. But it, but it might stop something. What if, is, what if putting sorry. up the Border Patrol, I mean, just to go at your, your first excuse, what if the Border Patrol, or excuse me, the border fence that you're building results in more uh, people pouring through certain sections of the border, increasing the chances on, uh, for them getting picked up? What if it does result in more people getting picked up and having their freedom stolen from them? Then you're, you're kind of responsible for that, aren't you? Well, I'm all t- well uh, to some extent. That's why I wanted to call up and discuss. Let's it. continue this discussion. Hang yeah, on, we're going to bring you back for I've more. I've got a question too. More with Nigel here. Uh, somebody who is uh, pr- apparently believes in liberty, but at the same time is working to build the border fence. Tough position to be in. Uh, yeah, kind of. I guess it's akin to many of the uh, liberty-oriented cops out there who continue to arrest people for uh, drug possession. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The number for you is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then we need you to vote for Free Talk Live. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. If you haven't done it in the month of July, we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. A lot of our voters this month have been leaving comments, which is something we haven't really mentioned. Uh, But when you are voting, there's a little comment line, and if you want to leave a nice positive comment about Free Talk Live, that'd be cool too. I was reading some of them today, and I just... I got all mushy inside, Mark. It, it was so nice. It was so nice. Boy, you know, that's, it's, it's really something if Ian gets all mushy inside. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so go to vote.freetalklive.com. You only need an email address, about a minute of your time, maybe even less than that. It's really simple, and it makes a big difference for us because your votes add up to put us to the top of the Podcast Alley charts. And we're not quite there yet. We're at number two, not quite to number one. So we do need your assistance. Vote.freetalklive.com. It's much appreciated. As we go back to Nigel in Texas. Nigel, who is apparently working for a company that's uh, a contractor for the government in the whole process of building the border wall. And uh, you've called in to discuss the apparent conflict of interest uh, that that particular job entails for somebody that believes in liberty and freedom to be actually working actively against the uh, the liberty and freedom of others. And, Wayne, you had a question, I think. Did you want to get that yes. up before we go on? Sure, Nigel. I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you suppose life in Mexico is so bad that these people feel like they have to come to the United States for refuge? Well, I think they have a... Uh they have a more corrupt government than we do, which means that their productivity is less rewarded. I think that the recently the war on drugs has really destroyed northern Mexico um, because, you know, and then we're sending more money to their corrupt army, as y'all were discussing earlier. Why do you ask? 
Well, because I, I find it strange that, that we don't look at that, that we, we get all caught up in these evil Mexicans uh, invading our country when really we need to be talking about the big picture here and why they're coming. Because I don't think anybody leaves their country and their family and, and the place they grew up in to go in a new land where people don't speak their language. Uh, lightly. I don't think they take that lightly. I mean, there, there has to be an extreme reason why they, they come here. And, oh, definitely. No, I'm not anti-immigrant. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love immigrants. They... <laughs> This state wouldn't have the economy that it does without him. Nigel, um, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I like the idea of a um, of, of freedom-oriented people, you know, people like you in positions like you're in. But I like, how does it affect anything in this particular position? I don't, if, I don't know. If you're freedom-oriented as a cop, you can look the other way, and, and people can get off of, you know, if they get caught with marijuana, you just I look like the other way. I like them everywhere. Personally, uh, so. But if it doesn't have a real tangible effect on freedom, then it's nothing more than you're just feeling good for no reason. But I like to, uh, I like to, uh, you know, be, be rigorous uh, with myself, you know, from a moral aspect, and I'm going to try to be rigorous with you. I'm going to do, do you the same favor, <laughs> Nigel. Right. So now, would you, um, would you consider yourself a bad person or doing something bad if you were to do, say, let's say you do accounting for this company? I don't know what you do, uh, but would I'm you? Do, a, I'm an engineer. Okay. I'm an engineering student. So if, it's a summer if you were hired uh, by the the mafia to do an engineering job for the mafia that you knew would be used in you know to harm people and do bad things uh, for the mafia, would you feel bad about your enterprise, even if the mafia would do it anyway? Well, and this is where yes, slightly, and I feel slightly bad about this. What I think is it's about the same level as paying taxes. I think it's about that level of um, moral liability. I I concur with you. I don't. I can't agree with that because it's more cons- it's more consensual. You've actually taken a job that conflicts directly with your viewpoints, whereas you could have taken any other manner of uh, engineering related jobs that weren't. And there are well, fewer actually, engineers. So actually, that- in my field, I'm an environmental engineer, and the vast majority of jobs are either for. Uh, the government, government or companies that serve as extensions of the government, How would unfortunately. You, would you feel differently? Here's another question. It's All right. If you're in the, involved in engineering a fence, then would you feel differently if that fence was to surround a detainment camp? Like a concentration camp? Would you feel differently then? Yes. Yes, definitely. Why? Why is that different? Because isn't this essentially a big going, going to turn the country into a big concentration camp? Uh, no. Uh, no? Because the fence sucks. <laughs> now, if you're if you're sabotaging the fence, then I'm, I'm all for it, I'm my not. friend. Nigel, do you think the fence is really going to work? No, not at all. I see. Well, that might be one of the ways that you're you're justifying it to yourself is you're just telling yourself, well, this whole this fence is just a big joke, and so it doesn't matter that I'm extracting money from the uh, the federal government guys because this isn't going to stop well, anybody. Well, I mean, the money's getting printed anyways. <laughs> yeah, good way to put it. Hmm. You know. Um, and Walter Block actually had an interesting essay up on LewRockwell.com. I think it was Walter Block. And he, he had somebody had emailed him saying, you know, is it okay if I take, or my parents are encouraging me to take federal money for college. Mm-hmm. He said, well, the more money, he kind of used the same argument that Ron Paul did when he kept the Stormfront dudes donations, of the more money taken away from evil people put into the hands of good, the better. Now, it's a little bit different when I am kind of greasing their wheels. Yeah, you're doing work for them. So what is the what's the uh, what's the hole in the fence? Why is it so easy to get through? Well, 
I can't. I can't say. Oh, that. I mean, that's not I, fun. I know, no. I know. You used your real name. You didn't have to do that. You could have called as somebody anonymous. But um, here's my other question. Then, all right, the last question, because you've, you've, I think you've made a persuasive case, certainly. Um, but if you wouldn't build a fence for a detainment camp. Right. And you're saying that this is a you know a joke fence, it's no problem. The immigrants are still going to get through, no big deal. But what about the Americans are going to try to get out? What if things get really bad here? And, and remember, like Americans are. aren't as good with fences as Mexicans. Right, right. Us lazy Americans, <laughs> we don't want to jump fences. Uh, so, so you get this police state crackdown. The fence has been built. It's not really keeping anybody out so much, or they just stop coming because they don't want to come to the police state. And then Americans decide they've had enough of the police state, so they're ready to leave. But by that time, you have to have all kinds of uh, government permissions and paperwork and stuff like that to get out of the border. You have to right now. You have to have a passport. You have to ask the government's permission. Um, you know, even though a passport's really to get back in the country, so um, but you also have to pay taxes. At that at that point, your fence is going to keep people in the country. And we should remember well, that. I would think the same people that can't figure out how to get through a fence would be the same people that would be trying to leave through the official ports of entry in the first place. That said, though, you are making things more difficult on I, uh, the right, people I, that are trying right, to leave. Which is why I, which is why I admitted that I have some level. I think I, I think there is some level. Uh, oh, absolutely. There, but I think it's I think it's fairly minor. Well, remember that because you're not trying to leave. <laughs> that in Europe, well, that that is true. What about the Great Wall, the the Iron Curtain that was originally built to keep the evil capitalists out? That that was not actually a wall, though. I mean, well, the Berlin Wall was a real wall. Yeah, well, the Berlin just... Wall was real, but there wasn't. You know, there was not an actual wall or border. I don't know. I'd be interested Except to hear. For Berlin. I'd be interested to hear what some of our other listeners would have to add into this. I'm sure we've missed a few viewpoints. I'm sure we've overlooked a few options here, and so I'd like to open it up to anybody else to to dial in tonight. Even once you're off the phone, Nigel, and uh, and throw their ideas into the mix. Uh, again, what are we missing? What sort of persuasive points aren't we making? I, I still think that while you're discounting the fence, as though it's no big deal, you're the engineer building it, so you would know to be able to do that. At the same time, it well, is actually, going to. I'm, more doing, I'm doing the environmental planning, so no critters get run over in the process. <laughs> it, but, it is going to result right. in uh, more inconvenience for more people, and what it could also result in is, is even though the the fence is going to be circumventable, you could get around it. It will contribute uh, more people into the into the arms of the coyotes because That's if you true. can just go across the border right now, just walk across the border, you don't need to Plenty hire. Of people have done it. You don't necessarily need to hire somebody to do that. Um, but if it gets more difficult, if there are more obstacles placed in those people's way, then more of them are more likely to go through the coyote route, which means they're going to enter into gangland, which means that they could be owned, they could be enslaved, they could be in, uh, you could be contributing to putting more people in danger. So that's another aspect you might want to consider right. as you right. roll this and, over in yeah, your mind. I'd like to close with a final thought that the, you know, the more ludicrous boondoggles that the federal government gets involved in, and this is one, um, faster it's all going to fall apart. And I'm beginning to see that more and more as a positive development. Well, if it all falls apart, then I'm all in favor of that, and, and maybe your efforts can help that happen somehow. I'm I'm looking on the best side of these things for you, Nigel, but at the same time, I feel like there could be people that you'll never see 
that will end up in the hands and the custody of the federal agents and could be molested. They I'm, could be harmed. They could be hurt. Uh, and I see, and I'm not sh- quite so sure. I, I think that I, I, you know, I hear the points, and I, you know, I tried to be uh, um, rigorous about this, but it's very difficult not to be involved in any way, shape, or form in supporting the federal government. I mean, we're doing a show on but the to actively uh, you know, airways. Anybody who uses dollars supports the federal okay, government. that's true. Everybody's got their own level, but to, to actively be working on a project that is going to result directly in people being I don't enslaved. think saving the critters um, it really count, counts. I, I see where you're coming from. Nigel, thanks for the thought-provoking call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank and you. if you've got thoughts for Nigel, dial in. Cure, uh, coming up an hour or two, we'd love to hear your input. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231 as we launch here in hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we start here with your calls, we continue and talk to Jeremy listening on KGEZ and Kalispell. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, I got a real big problem tonight. Do you? What's that? You run out of alcohol? Well, um, a deputy showed up in my yard complaining uh, that somebody had called and uh, said that I was playing my music, and I just got out of bed, dude. (laughs) So you're saying you weren't even playing music at all? Right. I, I mean, at the most, I leave my TV on just to have noise while i sleep right you know and you and, live in a you live in a trailer park right no i live no. in my friend, i live in my friend's yard <laughs> well what does that mean how do you live in well, his yard are you camping I mean, out my well no i i live in my camper trailer back here and, oh okay and you know and we have a uh, septic hookups and gotcha running. so where so where are the complaints coming from are their neighbors real close by well, I don't know. Uh, supposedly, that's confidential or I see. whatever. You know, why can't people just be neighborly? It Doesn't that bug you? I mean, that look, if somebody's making noise, why don't you just do the neighborly thing and go over and talk to the people instead of doing, you know, jumping right to the cops? It really that's, bugs me that people can't just talk to one another like adults. Yeah, sometimes it, it doesn't go well, but other times it does. Right, give and, it the chance. Right, give it the... I, I, think, it, I think that's fair, is to give it the chance. And, uh, of course, you know, you know not to answer the door for the police, but you're already out in the yard, huh? In. In. Yes, sir. Um, 
that's not the bad part. The deputy shows up in my yard, and I hadn't even got my first cup of coffee in me yet. Mm -hmm. uh, he slaps my dog for sniffing his leg. Aww. So he my dog across the yard, and he's got his hand on his pistol and his taser, and he's threatening to come in my house without a warrant. Wow. Bust all my stuff up and take me to jail, dude. Out so, of control. Yeah, not. I, I already told him before. Next time one of you son of a bitches come in my house without <laughs> warrant, I'm gonna blow your head off. Well, that won't work. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna work too. That well. might be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're certainly not gonna get anywhere by blowing the cops' heads off because then they're or threatening gonna, to. Right. Then they're just gonna come back on you full force. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do certainly uh, empathize with your situation, Jeremy. It sounds like an awful one, and uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, how do you deal with that? What do you do? Try to try to file a complaint. Um, That's not going to do anything. It, it may or may not do anything, but at least you've gone through some steps. Yeah. Going to blow anybody's heads off or nothing like that. Well, maybe you shouldn't say that to. then. Maybe maybe you shouldn't say that because that's just going to aggravate the situation. It's just going to make them uh, dislike you even more. And if they dislike you, it gives them extra reason to harass you and and do mean and nasty things like hurt your dog. Which is, you know, maybe the solution there would be to get yourself a video camera. Go, uh, you know, Circuit City or Best Buy. Get one of those little pocket video cameras that they're like 150 bucks or less nowadays. You can get a cheapie for 79. 69 bucks you get one of those things and have it at least handy have it somewhere around the house have it charged up to where if you see the cops rolling up you can uh pull that thing out and that way they you know at the very least they might not hurt your dog if they're on camera it's at least one idea and good luck with that jeremy thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 as we've seen time and time again the bureaucrats do not like people with cameras because they are shining the light on the cockroaches and they don't want their activities to be revealed to the world in fact, speaking of revealing activities, we're going to talk to Sam here in a little bit. We've got to get first uh, to Nick, who's on the line, on the amp line, li uh, listening in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, just uh, after uh, Jeremy's call, uh, you guys were talking about immigration and uh, this guy who's apparently helping a company that's helping the federal government build that Yes. Berlin Wall across the Rio Grande. Yes, and, and he uh, had some uh, some reservations, as I think he should be having. Oh yeah. Uh, well, reservations um, about it itself is uh, definitely appropriate. But what do you? I mean, if if there was some way to make it so that he could be uh, almost being counteractive towards that, as in like he's he's on the inside of a different movement and um, circumventing it. Uh, wouldn't that be acceptable? Yes, if he was if he was in some way sabotaging right, uh, the government's yeah. efforts. Yes, absolutely. If he could figure out some way that uh, you know he, he's doing environmental studies and you know looking out for the critters and that kind of thing, if he would say, "Look, that's, that's I'm sorry, it's going to hurt all the critters. All the critters are going to die if right. you put up your wall. I Bambi's dead, Thumper's dead, Flower he's dead too. <laughs> Everybody's dead if you put up this wall." Or Didn't better yet, find one of those endangered species, like the you know the oh wish, yeah. Uh, one if of you can find the, uh, the 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 the, the blue-tailed right cockaroo there over there, go ahead, Nick. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Put one. Uh, put like a little endangered species on the border and its own natural habitat. You uh, you might not even have to find an actual uh, 
you, you might not actually have to find one of them. You could just, as an expert, say that you found evidence that the speckered, uh, you know, the, the speckled bird of some sort is uh, inhabiting this particular part of the desert. And so, therefore, according to EPA regulations, this border fence can't be built. Pronghorns. Yep. Yeah. Well, but even even farther than that, um, let's say farther down the line, um, when it starts to get really bad, uh, let's say that he has inside information towards how the fence is built mm-hmm. and what some weak spots are, being able to, uh, and not just with the fence, but being able to exploit that farther down the line, if there was some way to formalize that where people working inside the government could actually be uh, professional saboteurs. Uh, for a different organization, that would seem to be a, an exception to the rule of not accepting uh, the extorted money of the government. You know, yeah. one of the things that bothers me about that is, although um, I, you know Ian doesn't pay taxes, I file them at least. I, I don't, don't pay a great deal of taxes. I you know have my own business and that kind of thing, and it, it allows me to exempt a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, but. They're just going to extract more money from the American people to build. They're not going to stop building this wall. It's not, you know, they didn't stop building the, uh, the uh, what, what's that, uh, the big dig in Boston. They just yeah. kept on going. It True, didn't matter how much money they dumped into it. it. Anyways, then you might as well have some saboteurs in there, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in favor of the saboteur idea. I think that's this, that's fine. That's plenty of principle. And this goes further towards the strategy of, uh, I, I guess the, I don't know if it originated with the Mormons, but. Uh, some of the fundamentalist Mormons out in Utah have, uh, or at least this is what I've uh, been told, have a strategy towards uh, getting the government to basically fall and then they'll take over everything or something. I, I don't know exactly what the uh, intricacies of it are, but they call it bleeding the beast, where they take welfare um, illegitimately from the government and their plan is to slowly bleed the government of all money. Now. That, yeah, that that, that won't be, work because they can keep yeah, printing it. Well, that's that's one of my reservations about it. But to a certain extent, if you could, I guess it would be so far down the line. I don't even know if it's worth uh, speculating on. Right, though. and nor is it nor is it worth that particular approach. I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but from a liberty oriented perspective, that particular approach just makes you you know a a, a, a award of the state it makes it so that you have uh, bent over for them and that you've said well i want your welfare and so therefore i'm going to agree to your rules and you're giving them uh, jurisdiction over you by engaging in a process like that so uh, certainly somebody that cared about liberty would never really be able to uh, to become a part of that particular plan but what if you were to find some way to uh subvert the rules like if you were to like actually not yourself uh be participating and somehow create some sort of art corporation to do it for you maybe maybe yeah something like that yeah and of course one could argue that uh actually your person is a corporation as somebody suggested uh recently on the air that the all capital letter uh person is not actually you and from what i've seen there's some evidence to support that particular theory not a lot but it's an interesting well, idea it's just a formal thing with the government that they do is they just do everything with capital letters is it well and, you know uh, it's easy to blow it off that way but at the same time you have to remember the lawyers are very peculiar about the way they do things and uh you know there's they're all capital letters and there's no comma between the first name and the last name it's very unusual and it's certainly not following the rules of the english language thank you for the call tonight yeah. dude appreciate it 800-259-9231 i'm just curious about it more coming up it's free talk live
Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free live streams included. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com to read all about it. That's freedom-engineering.com. As we go to Sam in Texas, who uh, has been con- very consistent in his informative, interesting phone calls uh, about his process of going through the uh, going to the court system down there in Texas and actually challenging the system itself. Uh, your adventures in legal land continued today, Sam, as you went to trial on one of your three speeding tickets. Uh, do you want to go ahead and bring our listeners up to speed on basically what you're doing and then tell us what happened today? True. Okay, sure. Um, so I know the recapping gets a little bit more uh, challenging every time. It does, yeah, there's so much. Um, I just have to, I think, take it a little higher level. So I've kind of taken on this little experiment to see just what the really the nature of government is. Um, I've looked back through these concepts that government was founded on, and according to them, the government shouldn't doesn't have the jurisdiction or the purview to enforce a lot of the laws that they do. So I'm going in making these arguments to the court to say, you know, look, it, it says all men are created equally and the governments were established to protect and maintain the rights of individuals. And who are you protecting here? You're not, you're not protecting my rights and you're telling me that the damaged party is a file folder? How did that sustain damage? And your laws all say that, you know, you're only allowed to act as a peace officer uh, in the same manner as the person about to be injured. Now, it doesn't say if somebody's about to be injured. It says the person about to be injured. So there's this idea that peace officers, police, should only be allowed to step in when there's actually someone who is about to be harmed, when there's going to be a corpus delecti, a damaged party. So I'm going in to ask all these questions of the court, which they really don't want to answer. Mm-mm. And I went in the first time... Um, to the actual pretrial, this is ticket number three, the one that I made the documentary uh, based on. Oh, the phone's getting bad, isn't it? Which, no, no, it sounds fine so far. Uh, but, but let okay. me interject here about your documentary. It's called The Court of Public Relations, and uh, I want to invite our listeners to go see it. You can see it in full at freekeen.com. I think it's the second item down at freekeen.com right now. And the um, the video has been updated. You've made a few tweaks, a few changes. The aspect ratio is correct. So this is the proper official full release of your documentary. And uh, it is available right now. You can watch the entire 34 or 35 minutes at freekeen.com. And it is highly worthwhile, very worthwhile to, uh, spend, <clears throat> to spend some time on this. And this is, I was actually going back today for the jury trial from that pre-trial. Which they uh, scheduled for you. The uh, You went into the courtroom and you began to ask your question about, you know, do you have to understand the nature and cause of the charges against you? 
and the judge did not want to answer that question. He ended up basically booting you out of the courtroom uh, because he didn't want to answer that question. You didn't want to get to the pleading uh, portion because you wanted to understand what was going on. He didn't want you to understand, so he just went ahead and entered a plea for you, despite your objection, despite your pointing out that he is uh, there's a conflict of interest in the idea that he's also uh, both he is both representing you apparently and the judge in the case at the same time. Of course, that didn't phase him and certainly didn't stop him from doing what he did. So. They went ahead and just scheduled the trial anyway, and that's what you went to do today was the trial. I think you've watched it one too many times. Oh, yeah. You're, you're like, <laughs> I've watched it by myself. I've watched it with Julia. Julia's uh, brother Chris is coming to New Hampshire this weekend, so I'll probably watch it with him. It's, it's so good. It's really one of the best documentaries I think I've seen. Cool. So I walk into court uh, with my camera again. Uh, I get up to the bailiff, and he said, you know, they all know my name. Hey, Mr. Dotson. You know, everybody knew who I was. Um, and he immediately says, okay, there's no camera allowed in the courtroom. And so I pointed out that I'm exercising your Second Amendment right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in any manner I deem expedient. Now, that's the, second, that's the Second Amendment of Texas Constitution, Correct. right? Okay. Correct. And it says basically that, you know, political power is derived from the consent of the governed, and they have to stand only to uh, preservation of a Republican form of government. But outside of that, they're free to do anything they want to change the government. And I made it clear that's exactly what I was doing by bringing this camera in. Hmm. And he's like, hold on, let me talk to the judge. (laughs) So he takes off. Uh, In the meantime, all these jurors are coming in. uh, And they're checking in at the same desk. And some of them are hearing the discussion back and forth. Um, So that was kind of interesting to see. And I'm thinking about it. You know, this is... These people are coming in here, and they're getting paid like $12 a day, slave wages, basically. Uh, And they're having to take off work to come and see some guys, what they're going to see it as, some guy's stupid speeding trial. I can't believe I'm here for this. For speeding, yeah. What a waste of time. Right, you're going to be made out to look like the bad guy, for sure. Yeah, and all of the language, you know, the fact that it's my trial, supposedly, and that, it, you know, I'm the one asking for the trial, that points the blame also at me, where really it's the judge demanding a trial. It's That's the right. judge demanding that those people come there and show up and work for him for $12 a day. Right, if they Not don't, they're going to get hurt. Them. Somebody's going to hurt them if they don't show up. They really are enslaved for a day. Exactly. So... Um, you know, I'm watching these guys coming in thinking, oh, man, this is not good. But uh, the bailiff comes back, um, and again, he tells me no camera. I, I guess they're not interested in the, upholding the Second Amendment. They could care less about that Second Amendment. Right. And I, one of the questions I asked is, so not only do you not intend to uphold this inalienable right, but you're telling me you intend to infringe upon it. And that's what he went back to ask the judge. So he went back a second time. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, so he still tells me no camera, and, you know, are you with the press? And I said, yes. Who are you with, OTN? And uh, who, is that a cable network? I, I've never heard of it. And I said, oh, don't worry, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, I basically say, well, your terms are, his, what, he, what they said is you can take the camera back to your car, or you can leave it with the court, and <laughs> we will give it back to you afterwards. What a great idea. And I said, well, those terms are unacceptable to me. 
this camera is here for my personal safety. You people are a violent gang, and I, I'm not going to be leaving it. I, I have to say, you need to be congratulated for standing your ground. This is a typical tactic from what we've seen of the uh, the bureaucrats, is they like to present you with their options. And uh, if you accept one of their options, you are basically contracting with them at that point. You're saying, okay, yes, I agree to your terms, and I think it's brilliant of you to just simply say, no, I don't agree to those terms. Uh, no, that's okay. I don't want to proceed. Didn't you say I don't want to proceed with this? Or yeah, something like that? I mean, I made it clear that I'm not willing to uh, to proceed with a process that I believe to be illegitimate or that I don't understand or uh, consent to. Um, so he, again, goes back. And this time he's like, all right, come with me. And we go <laughs> not into the courtroom because, remember, the judge has ruled on this, and his his rule and his power must be absolute in his secret chamber. Well, I just think it's interesting that they just keep going back and forth. Like, you know, they keep coming out keep coming out with these ultimatums. Well, you either choose this or this, and you're saying, well, I don't want to choose either. Yeah, I'm not going to choose those. And hang on, Sam. We're going to bring you back for more of this discussion. We'll find out what happened next. Yeah, this is <laughs> getting interesting. <laughs> more yeah. coming up. You take control. And uh, he did get video footage, from what I understand, of most all of this. Uh, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us, and those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download right there from the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. It's the cure for naked. JumpTees.com. Get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at JumpTees.com. Don't go through life naked. It's JumpTees.com. J-U-M-P-T-E-T-E-E-S. JumpTees.com. 800-259-9231. And we continue here with Sam in Texas. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. Uh, the host, producer, director... Star of uh, the Court of Public Relations, a great documentary that you can view in full for free at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. People were asking me how to spell freekeen, and I didn't know people didn't know how to spell keen. I did it both ways. Right. It's K-E-E-N-E, but if you put in K-E-E-N, you'll get there, too, because I registered both domains. Anyway, uh, go and uh, see that when you get a chance, and you'll see how Sam went into the courtroom just trying to ask some simple questions the judge didn't want to hear about it. The judge entered a plea in your case for you. It was a speeding ticket case. And they scheduled a trial date without all of this without any uh, involvement of your consent whatsoever. Uh, and all of this in spite of their own rules, which say they're supposed to be behaving differently. And even though you pointed out their own rules to them, they could give a flip about that. So today was your trial date. You went in there and you tried to bring your camera in again. They told they told you no. You need to go take that out to your car. You said no. That's okay. Uh, I don't agree. You know I don't agree to your terms because they tried to give you two choices. Uh, one of which was take it out to the car or leave it with the bureaucrats to take care of your ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar camera. So you weren't interested in either of those choices. They uh, the bailiff went back and forth twice to the judge to. 
I guess this was still a negotiation phase or something, Sam, uh, because they didn't just, like, throw you in a jail cell over it or forcibly remove the camera from you. So wasn't it interesting that they just continued, you know, the bailiff kept going back and forth to try to renegotiate this? Uh, It gets better. They didn't really know what to do, I think. Um, And because the judge had ruled no cameras in the courtroom, period, you know, that is absolute and his power, you know, his orders must be seen through. Uh, um, So they dragged me off into the prosecutor's room and the judge is in there. And when I walk in, I just I couldn't believe what I saw. Now, before you tell us, though, the reason they went to the prosecutor's room is because if you'd gone into the courtroom, you would have been able to ask your questions in front of a bunch of people that would have been sitting in there. Right. They didn't want you to do that. No, no, no. I was the only case that was happening this morning. Really? There were, uh, that, as far as I could tell, there were no other cases. They may have tried one, but I am not sure. It's it, it still a bench trial, I think. I wonder what the reasoning for that was. Why did they pull you off into the prosecutor's office? Because I was not willing to go interact with them without my camera in my hand. I see. And since the judge has said no camera in the ah. courtroom... He couldn't violate those rules. He had, he had to be right about his orders. So, see? so the judge actually left the courtroom in order to go meet with you about over this. to the prosecutor's room. And when I walk in, I see this man clutching behind this podium in a black dress, standing there, and it's the judge. <laughs> How bizarre! It was weird. He looked. Scared. When, oh. You know, when I first walked in, like that was the sense that I got from him. He well, me come in. And... He's naked. You can see all. You can almost see him. He right. had to hide behind the podium. Where's his big state seal behind him? Where's the the proper lighting? I can't be in my black dress down here on the floor without the proper lighting. Right. And he was actually on level ground with me, and I think he's about six feet tall. So yeah. I maybe he had an inch on him. <laughs> and. Uh, so we go in, and he tells me again, no camera in the courtroom. We don't, I don't allow it, or you know, whatever. Uh, and so I ask him, I repeat the, the whole thing about the Second Amendment, and does the court intend to uphold that? He did the same thing he did in pretrial, where he just ignored my questions and went on with what he wanted to say. And I, you know, I laid it out after saying, is this court going to uphold the Second Amendment? Yes or no, sir. Wow. And he didn't answer it. And then that's when uh, he decided that he was going to find me in contempt. Mm. Um, and he would sentence me to jail. Not jail, but to a $50 fine. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to pay for tyranny to be enacted upon somebody. Right. So Did you tell him you were not going to pay it? Did you let him know that in advance? Um, I don't think I did. I, okay. I've got a plan for how I'm going <laughs> to uh, proceed here. I think you'll like. Okay. But, um. We'll get to that. So let's see. He's, again, you know, just telling me, shut your mouth, I think was one of the things he said. Don't say another word. He loves and, to give orders. I mean, just you can actually hear him doing this if you go and watch the Court of Public Relations over at freekeen.com. He loves to give these petty little uh, orders to you. Get your elbows off the table. Stand over there. Yeah, it's really odd. Of, well, it's it's him asserting his uh, dominance. He's trying to control you and get you to do things. And, and you handled it well because it was probably the first time you came across it. The first time uh, you, you encountered it, you were saying things like, well, can't we just sit down? And, and stuff like that, which I thought was very funny how did you handle it this time so this time uh when he asked me you know what what's it going to be what are you going to do are you taking the camera out to the car or not this was right (laughs) after he told me not to say another word i just stood there in silence (laughs) and he looked at me and he goes okay 
I'll give you five minutes to decide. And so then I sat down immediately, <laughs> and he looked at me, and he goes, I don't think it's going to take you five minutes. Okay, I'm finding you in contempt. Uh, and he filled out his form, and the fine is $50. And uh, <laughs> then he tries to hand me the piece of paper. Here, here take this to the window. The bailiff will escort you. And I just looked at him again. <laughs> it didn't work last time, dude. Why are you trying it again? Last time they tried to hand you paperwork, and you just stood there and looked at it, and you said, well, did the was I ordered to take it? Of course, even if he'd ordered you to take it, you probably wouldn't have taken it. Uh, no. And then they wanted you to go and stand and wait in their line, and you didn't do that either, and they ended up bringing the paperwork out to you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have taken it unless they were threatening me with, you know, with violence. Kind of harm. Yeah, that, that that's what where they have to take it for me to act on, that on makes one sense. of their requests. Right, and a good question. I think I like what Dave Ridley asks whenever he's confronted with uh, someone who's sort of suggesting violence. Is he'll just throw it right out there into the open. He'll ask the question, "Well, if I don't do it, are you going to hurt me?" And that's always a, I think that's a good question to throw uh, out yeah, there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think I'll use that. So um, he hands it to the bailiff. Again, the bailiff's like, and he says, escort him out of the courtroom. And I again said... You mean the, like ju- you mean the prosecutor's office? Escort him out of the prosecutor's office, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of, out of here. And uh, I said, okay, are you threatening me? Oh, no, sir. No, I'm not threatening you. So then I just sat there. <laughs> and then the judge looked and saw me sitting there, and the bailiff you know, not, didn't know what to do. And he said, get him out of here. <laughs> and I said, okay, so you're about to remove me. And he's like, well, the judge has ordered you to go. Are you threatening me? And still, he's not threatening me, even though he's about to grab me by the arm and drag me out. Uh, So at that point, I just kind of laughed because I thought it was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. But he just would not face up to the reality of the situation that, you know, he was creating, that he was uh, A party to, yeah. Um, And so we walk out, and again, he tries to hand it to me. He's much more forceful this time. Acting like he's going to drop it on my camera, so I kind of turn and back up from him. Uh, eventually, he goes back in when I when I tell him, "Look, I'm not. I don't consent to this. I, I'm not willing to continue in this process until I understand, and or I'm not going to continue in a process that I believe to be illegitimate." Is what I was telling him. He goes back into the judge, uh, comes back out eventually. And he says, you know, come on in, leave your cam- – there will be no camera in the prosecutor's room. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll be out here. And I turned around. And he's, Mr. Dodson, come in here. And so then I turned back around and, you know, of course, had my camera. Right. I guess they decided it wasn't that important. <laughs> so then the judge, uh, again, is standing there and, and is visibly upset. And he lets me know that, sir – your acceptance of this form in no way determines uh, the applicability to you. I forget what he said, but basically, hmm. we don't need your consent. We're going to fine you whether you like it or why, not. Why and am I even here? Then why are you shaking the form at me? Keep it. Hang on. Uh, we're going to bring you back. You said you got a plan. We we'll want to find out what that is. More with Sam here in moments. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 
And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the show, then become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a simple idea. You send in 3 bucks a month via any major credit card, PayPal, or an alternative option, and we take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations and more Internet connections, therefore, ex- or thereby exposing more new people to the message of freedom and liberty, and that's important. So... If you want to get perks and help that out at the same time, you get, uh, for instance, the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Go get all the details. Get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com as we rejoin uh, with Sam here from the Obscure Truth Network telling us about his day in court. What was supposed to be a trial uh, ended up getting delayed because, well, first of all, the trial itself was a a farce, and you've been railroaded into it by a judge that doesn't want to answer simple questions. Uh, That said, they, uh, they then attempted to persuade you into not bringing the camera into the courtroom. Well, they tried to convince you that it was mandatory that you not bring the camera in. You stood your ground, said that uh, you don't accept their terms and that you were going to bring your camera in if they were going to have you in their court. Uh, They didn't like that very much. They kept uh, going back to kind of renegotiate with you and try to force paperwork on you, which you continued to to decline. You did not sign their papers. You did not even accept uh, their paperwork. And I believe that's right around where we left your story off. Yes, and the judge had just finished telling me after he brought me back in a second time in the prosecutor's room that he doesn't care if, uh, you know, I understand or consent or agree to any of this. He's got authority and control over my life. And you've got that on on, on tape, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then he tells me that um, he's going to schedule me uh, my trial, which I correct him that he's the one demanding a trial. It's his trial, not mine. Yeah, you'd rather be um, at home doing something else. And then as the judge has got, or the bailiff has me kind of at the back door, the judge says, uh, we'll see you at your next appointment. <laughs> and I said, don't you mean at your demand? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's true. He's the right. one demanding that I come back. Right, I, because if you, if you don't I come, they're going to send men with guns to come and get you. I mean, it's, that's yeah. not an appointment, and I'm gl- so glad so, you pointed that out. Yeah, so then we're um, you know, back out. Uh, at that point when I said that, the bailiff said, leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked out, and they canceled the uh, the trial. So now there were... I they think canceled the trial? Oh, you mean the trial for the day? They canceled yeah. the trial for the day. Gotcha. I mean, what was supposed to be my trial was canceled. Those poor, so ju- they- poor jurors are being dicked around because uh, they don't want to let a camera in the courtroom. They just wasted all those jurors' day, and now those poor guys are going to have to come back. And think about this. They paid twelve dollars uh, to each of those thirty jurors. Do they pay about, them if the if the trial is canceled, yes. or do they get to back when out? To, when I went to jury duty and did, was going to do the Fiji activism, mm-hmm. even though it had been called off like this one, uh, they still sent me the check. Oh, so the more times they canceled the trial, the uh, the more their costs increase. Yeah. So today cost them six hundred and sixty dollars. Wow. Um. And then if you think about it, in the private market, if we had true uh, arbitration dispute resolution, is it going to be 12 random strangers, say my brother dies in a hang gliding accident that he rented and we're suing the guy who rented it to him? Wouldn't it make sense to have people that are like hang gliding engineers, professional hang gliders, uh, people who work for other rental companies? That's what the parties would agree on. Yep. We just don't have that option. You get 12 people who are mad because they had to leave work to come do this ridiculous slave labor. Absolutely. So what's your plan, Sam? My plan is to, uh, I think the best thing is now to write the judge and 
let him know, here's my position on these things. I'm not willing to pay any of your fines. Tell me what the jail time is going to be. I'd like to understand the charge, the uh, punishment here for, uh, for your allegations. And I think I'm going to include in that a special DVD of my <laughs> film that I made of him, along with some of the Free Talk Live audio interviews that I've called in to talk about the case and the issues and How the questions that I want to ask. Nice. So I think he'll enjoy that. So when is the next? Uh, <laughs> when's gonna, the next? Trip? Oh my God! They're going to crucify you on the front lawn. When's the next? <laughs> yeah, they could have. They could have done. They could have thrown him in a cell today, but they didn't. Uh, it's very interesting how they're behaving in this particular case. You, Sam, do you yeah, have an armor-plated safe house someplace? How, what now? Oh, you how didn't get the paperwork. Know when the next trial. Is? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll mail it. I'll probably have right. it in the mail tomorrow. Yeah. And actually, what I'm thinking about doing is contacting some of the local media here, telling them what I'm hmm. doing, showing them the. I think you should. Yeah. Saying, do you guys want to come out and film me in the process of yeah. going to this and getting railroaded here? That's You've got great. footage now, so I think that I think that's absolutely a great idea. Yeah, that is a great idea. Yeah. Very cool. So that's the plan. Right on, man. So, and then I go back to court tomorrow for I think ticket number two, <laughs> um, where I don't know. I'm going to kind of lay it out for the judge and say. Here's my position. I'm not going to cooperate because I don't believe this to be legitimate. Now, how do we get through this? Let us know how it goes, man. Will do. Awesome. You're doing amazing work and uh, so so courageous to be doing it essentially all by yourself. There was nobody that accompanied you to the courtroom today. And that I would like to see change. I know that you're going to move up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And at that point, you will actually have some backup in these cases in case the uh, the government people do decide to get violent and do decide to lash out against you. Someone will know about it and uh, some more action will be able to be taken on the outside as a result of that. Of course, you know all that and uh, you're doing it anyway and you've done a fantastic job so far. So you should be congratulated and people need to be. By the way, even though I mentioned it was at Free Keen several times, Wayne, who was in the studio, didn't pick it up. So if people want to go and see your documentary, The Court of Public Relations, documenting what has happened uh, before today, basically, with your case, they should go to freekeen.com. It's right there, uh, pretty close to the top of the page at freekeen.com. So check it out. Tell your friends. Pass around the link because it really is that good. Thanks, Sam, and keep up the good work. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Before we continue, any comments, uh, gentlemen, on this? You better wear tinfoil clothing next time because he's going to get tased, man. It's it's all very interesting. Yeah, I, isn't you know, it? I, 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 You'd expect that they just would throw him in a jail cell for uh, for not following what the judge wanted him to do, but they like they keep negotiating. They keep trying to get him to consent. They keep trying to get him to sign their paperwork, to, ex- to even take their paperwork, and it's like... They don't know what to do with someone like him. They don't know how to handle this. So that's why the bailiff has to keep going back to consult with the judge. Like, oh, crap, what do we do now? He won't take our paperwork. We don't know how to handle this because everybody that goes into these courtrooms is so indoctrinated into the system that they don't think anything of it when they're handed a piece of paper or they're told, well, you may choose A or you may choose B. They they don't realize that there are other options. There are questions that need to be asked, and there are different things that can be done. Well, Wayne pointed out that, uh, that you know that you may choose A and you, or you may choose B is essentially a uh, sort of a threatening sales tactic. And the sales tactics you have to get somebody, uh, you know, to voluntarily go for your product. So you present it in a much different fashion. But the government's essentially saying, would you like that in red or would you like that in green? Yeah, it's you a know, hard close. Yeah, it's it's just a close. Oh, right. So, you know, when can I schedule you for your appointment? Thursday or Friday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not, would you like to make an appointment with me? Yes or no. 
But, yeah, and some know. of the questions Sam is asking are very pointed questions that no one's probably asked them ever before. And probably they have to not. think about the nature of their their violent actions. They don't like to do that. That's why the bailiff keeps denying that he's um, going to be threatening Sam. Right. He's, he he right. claims not to be threatening Sam as he's dragging him out of the courtroom. <laughs> right. Dragging they, so. they do not want to be associated with the violent side of their business, and it makes them very, very uncomfortable. It's just a paycheck for them, I'm sure, but at the same time, uh, there's some very, very good questions to be answered here, and I'm looking forward to seeing more chapters of this. Absolutely, and I know that a lot of other people are too, so keep uh, paying attention, because the, the the latest info on this always comes out on the air on Free Talk Live, and thanks to Sam for, uh, for calling us uh, with his stories, because it is so enlightening and so interesting that, yes, there are other courses of action to take if the government is forcing you into their courtroom. You can do things differently, and if more people start to do what Sam is doing... Then what are they going to do? If there are ten Sams in any given area, I mean, and, and they're all caught up in the system at the same time, their court system is going to not function. It's going to break down. So eventually they're just going to have to leave people like Sam, people like us, alone for you know the fact that we're going to make a scene in their courtroom that these other people, the sheep, if you will, they don't want the sheep to see this stuff. It's going to put ideas into their head. And once someone has an idea, it's hard to get rid of that. But it all comes down to the fact that we're re-examining the role of government in our lives. And, and government was originally, in this country, was originally intended to protect us from each other, not from ourselves. A speeding ticket where you're not harming anyone, uh, you might be going five miles an hour over the speed limit, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, you're not harming anyone. Nope, and everyone does it too. And everyone does the it. Cops. Now, if I'm stupid and I go 100 miles an hour and I and I drive off a bridge or hit a guardrail and I kill myself, I'm dumb. But and you're dead. If you kill someone dead. else, then you should be responsible for your actions. It's sure. True. But speeding is not necessarily an irresponsible act inherently to itself. More coming up. Hour three is on the way. Your calls, of course, are primary. And coming up, uh, the Indy Mac Bank customers. Let's talk a little bit about those folks. Because they are in a bad way right now uh, with their bank being nationalized, taken over by the federal government. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching the hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls. We go to Lucas in Pennsylvania. Lucas, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, man. Hey, dude. Uh, What's on your mind? Uh... Yesterday, when you're talking about the May Day event, when the peace basically, the police basically, uh, you know, beat up all the protesters. Yeah, and they also assaulted uh, camera operators and news uh, news women as well. Yeah, well, uh, you can uh, go to YouTube, look up Game Jew May Day event. Yeah, I've seen that particular video. It's pretty uh, pretty outrageous. Yeah, gotta love the Game Jew. 
I I have not seen any of the other Game Jew presentations, but uh, that particular one was quite revealing. He, yeah, that's uh, the he, one where that was the first time I really started thinking that maybe you were in a police state. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty shocking. Uh, he was right down in the midst of all of it, just doing like a. I guess he was there for just the purposes of being at the the uh, the rally, and yeah. didn't he didn't really expect it to explode that way. But you really, I think, what was interesting about that video is you really got some of the reactions of the people that were being assaulted by the police. And man, people are getting pissed. One day, if the if the cops keep doing this, one day things are going to come to violence, and that's not good. I mean, we don't want it to to go that far. But from what some of those people were saying. You know, they were all based. A lot of them were saying, "Man, one of these days they're going to push us too far, and we're going to snap." And I, I hope we can turn it around before it gets to that point, because then that's just going to encourage the further rise of the police state and more t- uh, tyranny. True, true. You know, guys, a few weeks ago I had my show prep pile. Uh, there was a story of a fellow who was probably in his 80s now, who was actually once a Nazi officer. Actually, not an officer, but one of the underlings who actually carried out a lot of the orders. Mm-hmm. And he was responsible for tens of thousands of deaths at these camps in, in, in Nazi Germany uh, in Poland and so on. And they, they caught him over in America. He had been living here since the early 60s. And they finally caught him, and they were going to deport him out of America, finally. But it goes to show you, though, that a lot of these, these people who are doing these things don't realize that they're going to be the ones who fry for it once there's a big backlash and the pendulum swings the other way. The people who gave the orders are not going to be usually be the ones who are prosecuted. The people who carry out bad, illegal, immoral orders are usually the they ones get sacrificed. Well, get plenty sacrificed of them did in, in Nuremberg. In the Nuremberg trials, plenty of the the top guys got it. But I don't know that it's uh, necessarily going to happen here and under this. There, it's not going to be a war. You know, it's not going to be a war crimes trial at well, that point. What I find interesting about what you said, Lucas, is it was just that one video that got you thinking. Before you saw the uh, the Game Jew video, what was your mentality? Well, I knew that uh, you no, know, our rights were being infringed on, but. Uh, I didn't think we were already in some Orwellian sort of Orwell wet dream. That's really you, the only way I could put right, it. Right. You didn't realize how far down the uh, tyranny rabbit hole uh, we had traveled in this country. So I think that these, uh, you know, the video presentations, whether it's what Sam's doing with the Obscure Truth Network or whether it's just a video of uh, the police abusing people, really can help swing people in our direction. And so it's so important to get these out there. And thank goodness we have YouTube today to uh, to really help us with this. Because if it weren't for YouTube, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening. If it weren't for the internet and the ability to easily distribute this content at, at such a low, if not free, cost, uh, people like you, Lucas, would still kind of be in the dark to some extent. And uh, congratulations on finding the movement. Any other thoughts tonight? Uh, just what's the world coming to when the police can beat up a bunch of protesters and a Jew in a Super Mario suit who's just hanging out with them? I don't know what that means, but thank you for the call, Lucas. 800- Strange video. You know, I, I think that the world isn't coming to anything new. People in power have abused their power as long as people have had power. It's true. Um, and, you know, you give them more power and more people with it. And there's more cops in this nation, uh, you know, than there have ever been in any cop in any nation, you know, any cops in any nation anywhere. What's different is, I guess, that we can see it now. What's different is the abuse is becoming more and more obvious and more public and more widely uh, known. And that's what's going to, I think, be an important catalyst to actually changing it in the long run. Absolutely. I totally agree with you because you have to shine light upon it first and then the pendulum will swing the other way. But right now things are getting so crazy and so um, uh, out of whack in in this country and in the world in general. Look at Europe and and England, too, 
that uh, it has to go the other way, and it will. The question is when, and uh, the question is how uh, can we accelerate that process, and I would say the answer is the Free State Project, uh, moving as many liberty-loving activists together to the same place as possible, and I don't mean the same compound, you know, like Waco or something like that. We're talking about New Hampshire, uh, the entire state of New Hampshire. You join the Free State Project, you move here, and you get active in the way that you think is best. That decentralized kind of movement, that pro-liberty movement, is what's going. It's what it's going to take, getting those activists together. We're starting to see some amazing things happen, just as a result of having a few hundred people come here to New Hampshire. As those numbers continue to grow, and they are over the summertime, we're seeing more and more people come here uh, this fall. By the end of this year, we're expecting to have a 1,000 activists on the ground here in New Hampshire. Uh, more, of course, will be coming year after year after that. So the abilities and the opportunities will continue to compound themselves, and the uh, uh, the ability to reveal the police state for what it is and reveal these authoritarians for what they well, do will become more and more um and, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, sort of civil disobedience. But at the same time, the, the Free State Project is having huge, huge steps in the political arena. Um, there are, man, how, how many did they say? Seventy? I uh, wasn't even talking about civil disobedience. I didn't even mention that. We're, I mean, this is just media. This is just uh, outreach. Okay. Uh, well, the, the Free State Project has yes. uh, got 70 people in the uh, uh, running for the state house this year. That would be such a huge... I don't think huge... that's a true statement. I believe so? that there are 70 liberty-oriented candidates, but not necessarily related to the Free State Project. Okay, but uh, maybe they, a few dozen. It will change the uh, legislature in a pro-liberty fashion, like you wouldn't believe if half of them get in there. Well, didn't Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at New Hampshire, or uh, rather NHLiberty.org, didn't he tell us that a dozen liberty-friendly legislators would be all it would take? I think to, he said a few dozen. Really? I thought it was dozen. like just a couple dozen or whatever that would be all it would take to, at the very least, stop every single pro-government uh, status I the, piece well, of legislation. Uh, remember, there's, there are 500 legislators there, yeah. and uh, you know, 36 votes could swing a, a lot, of, uh, a, a lot yeah. of issues, and that would be three dozen, and I think that qualifies as a few. Remember, this is the same state. New Hampshire is the same state where Tom from New Hampshire, the guy that calls this show, who is – he's got a bit of an obsession – like with killing bureaucrats, he's not a persuasive guy. He's not a uh, a good spokesman for the liberty <laughs> movement. In fact, people probably want to distance themselves from this guy. Yes, but uh, but Tom was able to win for the state house here in in New Hampshire. He was able to win. So yep, it, if uh, Tom can win with Tom's viewpoints, then you can win. What's also pretty promising is the handouts that the Liberty Alliance gives to the state legislators, and then they actually vote in a more thoughtful manner. Sometimes the legislators just follow the crowd, too. What, you, what they call the gold sheet. It's, uh, yes. Yeah. Handouts sounds like they're giving them money. Um, the, uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the voting flyers, the recommenda- recommendations on how to vote. By the way, I don't want to make it sound like Tom is advocating violence. He's doesn't really do that necessarily, but he definitely has violent fantasies. From what I understand of the books that he's written, uh, Definitely fantasizes about it. So well, he warns vehemently about the possible dangers to uh, law enforcement officers. And he's right. I mean, he's absolutely right about that. The fact that uh, law enforcement officers are out there enforcing bad laws, they're enforcing prohibition, does put them unnecessarily in the line of fire. So to that end, his points are correct. It's just that he's not the best spokesman for liberty. But my point is, if Tom can win... Pretty much anybody can. Uh, So keep that in mind, because when you come up here, if you do want to take the political path and try to uh, win uh, a seat in the state house, really, it's uh, 
you know, the districts are very, very small. It doesn't take a lot of money yep. to uh, campaign and actually have some success. To win, you've got to walk your district, and uh, it's not that big of a district to walk. All right, so as we heard at the beginning of this week, the IndyMac Bank is in trouble. They, of course, have been taken over at this point by the federal government, uh, and that has resulted in, well, first of all, first of all there was a, apparently there was a run on the bank initially, and now there are lines of people outside of the, the IndyMac Bank uh, in order to attempt to retrieve the money that was in their accounts. That well, has, there was a run on WAMU, from what I understand, recently, too. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Washington two, Mutual, I should say. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're going to uh, see what some of those people that are standing in the line at the IndyMac Bank actually have to say about their situations. And, uh, of course, talk to you about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is uh, brought to you by the Free State Project. We've been talking about it, and it is the only opportunity, in my opinion, for liberty in our lifetimes. Uh, it's getting results, man. Th- yep, yeah, it's getting results, and the, the, the possibilities with this program, as opposed to anything else, to me, is the only possibility to bring liberty in our lifetimes for you, for a state, and quite possibly the nation. Free State Project. You can find out more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. You sure can. We're, we're uh, going to talk about the IndyMac situation if we get a chance, but we need to go to these calls here that are lining up. We go first to Dennis in New Hampshire. Speaking of the Free State Project, <laughs> he is the uh, the first husband of the Free State Project. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Dennis. So you, you guys were talking about the, the number of Free Staters running in the House of Representatives and what this all means and, and jazz like that. Yes. And... Um, yeah, there are a couple of dozen um, early mover free staters who have now been in the state two years or will have been in the state two years as of uh, November 2008. Mm-hmm. So whereas last year I think we had nearly a dozen people run, now we've got double or triple that number of people running. And so, there are quite a few more liberty-oriented candidates uh, running. That, that, where where yeah, do they come from? The, the sucky thing about democracy, right, is that it's a pure numbers game. Yeah, that's and, true. And the fact is, I mean, that that's one of the attractive things about the Free State Project. I think is uh, it, it skews the numbers game more in our in our favor. Mm-hmm. If we get more and more dozens of people running, I can just pretty much guarantee you that we're going to get more people in. It's true. Um, yeah, and you were talking about you know how many people would it take to really make a difference? Um, I love to point out two critical bills that show exactly how this how this whole thing I think is going to work out. There was a marijuana, a medical marijuana bill uh, in 2007. That thing died in the House of Representatives, so it died pretty early in the process. But it, if we had had seven more votes the right way on that issue, it would have gone to the Senate. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it would pass, but the dynamic of how an issue is, is going – it radically changes when you start to see the, the the bill, the issue, you know, passing one 
chamber or the other That's on true. any kind of consistent basis. It, it, it gains an air of inevitability. Well, like the Real ID ban, for example, the first year they passed it, the Senate shelved it, but then it gained more strength the following year. Exactly. Like what's going on now with the European Union. Those people, they keep voting no, so they, it's like you guys are going to vote no until we get you, and you vote yes, and then boom, you're in the European Union. So it, it, it kind of works the same way. There, there becomes like an air that, oh, gee, you know, the people who are going to fight against us on this one have to spend their time and effort fighting against it. It it's just beautiful all around. And that's seven votes. Uh, another example, the seatbelt bill, where they were going to make man- they were trying to get New Hampshire to be a mandatory seatbelt state. That actually passed the House of Representatives, and I'm really scared about that. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons the seatbelt issue is really big for me. Um, but it passed by less than two dozen votes. Mm-hmm. No, I, actually, I take that back. One dozen. One, one dozen votes. Um, you know, the other way, and it would not have passed the House of Representatives. So 20, you know, 20 more uh, liberty-oriented people in uh, the state house, and it's a lockdown. I mean, there's no way a, a you know, anti, most anti-liberty legislation would get through at that point. Exactly. I mean, right now, you have the Democrats and the Republicans, and although the Democrats uh, have more in terms of numbers, it's not lopsided. It's not like hugely more. So... They're reasonably evenly pulling on both sides of the rope. You know, one side puts something up and the other side is opposed to it, vice versa, vice versa. And because the Democrats have more people pulling on their end, they tend to be winning the votes lately. You know, I wonder what's going to happen, Dennis, when uh, we reach a certain tipping point at which the uh, we'll start seeing more people elected, more of these anti-liberty pieces of legislation will start getting batted down, batted down, and batted down. And, and at, one, at some point, these uh, statists... Whether they be Republicans or Democrats, these statists that are in the New Hampshire State House and the Senate, they're going to start giving up. I mean, they're going to just throw in the towel and move back to New York or Massachusetts or Vermont, and well, uh, then then things will change even uh, and, and, a faster clip. And don't forget that um, you know they've got little statist friends that have been getting elected along with them, and you know one of their friends is going to get displaced, and suddenly the whole fun of being in the house for two hundred dollars a year it's yeah. going to lose some of its pizzazz. Well, yeah, now you start now now instead of sitting next to one of your statist buddies, you're going to be sitting next to Dennis or somebody like uh, like him, right? Right. Well, well, that's a real key point. I mean, these these people are not there for a job; they're there because they think they're serving the community, right? Mm-hmm. So, because it's a volunteer position, Basically. you're if it's not fun for them, and they really do think that they have no hope, you are going to see them not bother to run mm-hmm. in in droves when they start to see that. I mean, right now, uh, again, the, the liberals, the progressives, are having a field day. They they think that the world is all you know, sewn up, and if they win in in 2008, they're going to do so many wonderful things right. for the education system. And the all Democrats are going to fix everything in 2008. Yeah. Where are they going to get the money? <laughs> uh, from from you and me, man. Um, at the same time, at the same time, the Republicans who are the social conservative type Republicans, you know, right now they're frothing at the mouth. They're mobilizing because they're like, oh my God, you know, I was asleep at the wheel, and the, these other people sort of took control of my government. Um, if you see a liberty caucus emerge that is able to swing the vote the right way every time, that's the 20 or 30 people that are going to have all the power in the state of New Hampshire. And the beautiful thing about this is how, 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 how grassroots it is. Because this is House of Representatives stuff, it's stuff that you win by meeting all the people in town three times, mm-hmm. by talking to all the old folks and talking to all the soup kitchen people and talking to all the – 
it, it becomes really hard to displace because the reason people are voting for you is not because you're a free state person or because you're a liberty person. They're voting for you because they know whatever. They know Mark, and they, you know, they talk to Mark, and they know Mark as a person, not as a politician. And that's how people get elected. It's so it's going to be very hard to displace if, if these people get in the way that they look to possibly get in. And it's relatively easy in these towns to get uh, you know a, a level of profile that uh, people can appreciate. I joined the uh, volunteer fire department, and uh, the reason that I wasn't on the show last night for a portion of it is I was out at my first little training meeting. I've got to take two training meetings, and then I'll be a, a tried and true as the red, white, and blue fireman again. And <laughs> so I think that these are... These are ways. There's, you know, there's eight guys there that were in the room last night in in a town of, you know, just a, a few hundred people mm-hmm. that were that care so much about their community that they're willing to go out and be part of the volunteer fire department. They've got families, and you know, all that stuff counts. It's one of the nice things about being here, and that things are so small and so relatively ground floor as far as the opportunities are concerned. You can really make a name for yourself, Dennis. You have been involved in television, in community access, cable access, TV up in the Concord area. Have you started to um, get noticed on the street like Toby has from Free Minds TV? Have you have people been stopping you in grocery stores yet? Oh, absolutely, which blows my mind. I can't believe. I, I, the first thing I ask is, why on earth were you watching the Public Access Channel? <laughs> but check check this out. Uh, one of the guys who's running for United States Congress, um, who wants to be very pro liberty, he, he sent me a mail and he says, you know, have you picked a horse for the for the race? Am, am I going to be your guy? Are you going to support me? I want to find out and what you said to him in a moment, if you don't mind. Hang on, Dennis. We'll bring you back a little more discussion with Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And, uh, of course, we talk to you about what you want. Max on the line in Tennessee. We'll talk to him and you as well. Ladies first, if you make the call, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free number for you. Brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-800-259-9231. Uh, that again, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system's there. Get interactive with a couple thousand of our listeners. Over 350,000 posts await you talking about serious stuff. Fun times. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI. That's a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C-A-I. As we go back to Dennis in New Hampshire, Dennis, one of the uh, guys behind the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org, a good site to get keyed into a lot of the politically based activism that's going on here in New Hampshire. Uh, many free staters, free state project members are involved, and a whole bunch of New Hampshire natives are also involved in the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is nice because we're seeing people uh, kind of getting excited by the free state project, getting reactivated, and getting out there and getting active too. So I'd say for every free state that comes in here, we're seeing several uh, New Hampshire uh, people uh, that, that are kind of getting uh, really keyed into the whole movement as a result of that. I know you've been seeing that too, Dennis. Oh, absolutely. And it's fun. You know, we, we have free staters who are in the, gov- in, the, in the House of Representatives, 
even before New Hampshire was chosen. And now that they have a lot more people who agree with them that are, um, you know, politically active, they're they're kind of hurting all of their fellow um, conservatives typically over to our side, which is beautiful and fun to watch. uh... I I really wanted to give um, Mark some props for for joining the, um, the volunteer fire department. I firmly believe that the way New Hampshire will be restored to freedom is by people doing things exactly like that. Getting well, involved, that sort of thing. I probably uh, mitigated a great deal of, uh, of of that, at least in the short term, by suing the town. <laughs> 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 well, all right, let me get back to what you were telling us before we went away for a moment there, Dennis. You are the host of New Hampshire Capital Access, and that's, is it nhcaptv.com? It sure is. People can go and see your uh, public access TV show that airs in Concord, also airs here in Keene, uh, which, by the way, we've uh, managed to package it with uh, Free Minds TV, so Keene viewers are actually getting a double dose of uh, liberty, which is as important cool. as uh, uh, the media is, and it is very important. The other uh, arm of this that Dennis is talking about, I think it's um, you know, is equally important, is politics exists on the retail level here in New Hampshire more so than any place else in the United States. Well, that's States, where we were going with in, the conversation was how by creating by being the media and being influential, or at least being perceived as being influential, uh, people are starting to come to you, Dennis, for uh, you know some sort of approval. And you said that you had one particular candidate who had approached you. What was your story there? Yeah, so th- this is a, a federal-type candidate. This is for United States House of Representatives, and he, uh, you know, he he's asking if he can put my name on his his website of you know people who endorse him. Mm. Um, which I think, you know, geez, you mean in the Yahoo that shows up does the one-hour training and then spends an hour a week in front of a public access TV <laughs> camera can do that? I'm telling you, man, it's so easy. Um, but this is a guy who he, he calls himself very conservative. He's, he's very free market, and he gets it on a lot of things. He gets the immigration issue. He gets wow. not having the government be involved in any kind of contract between any two people for whatever product or service except drugs. Uh-oh. And so I, I really tried to call him to the mat on this one. I said, look, you know, you, you do understand that you're, you're willing to send in the guys with guns over this. And right away he knew what I was talking about. He says, that's right. I, I think this is a serious issue. You shouldn't be allowed to do that, and I'm willing to send in guys with guns. Shame Boom. on you. Well, at the very You're least, done, that's, it's a huge, huge step for somebody to be to be able to say that. Look, I am willing to use government force to get what I want in this issue. Is it's get my support, far, though. far, far beyond the average citizen says drugs are bad. Yeah, okay. And, and you know that's they're, true. They're taking no responsibility for their actions, or you know, for, for their actions or their support of the drug war. They're just uh, you know walking along lockstep, uh, sheeple going. It, it, they. This guy, at the very least, says, yes, I'm willing to employ government force. I'm willing to rob uh, the people of New Hampshire from, for their money in order to, uh, to employ this government force. I'm willing to take these steps. This issue is that important. And, and the, the, the amount of sway, I guess, that the average, you know, the average guy who doesn't really know what he's doing, like, like me, starts to come into play when I, I can answer a guy like this back with my little one-line email, um, it's hard to support a man who wants to see you imprisoned. How did he respond to that? 
Has he? He, ha- he has been mum on that. <laughs> I think that's given him something to think about. I bet it has. And, and that's really cool because, you know, as more people who are more visible start to, to say, uh, you know, to come out essentially and be against this war on drugs and these <laughs> other insane uh, policies from the government, they'll start to come our direction. They'll start to see, that, well, maybe not all drug users, a bunch of strung out losers. And I'm not saying you've come out of the closet or anything, Dennis, necessarily, but you kind of have. Yeah, well, sort of, kind of. I, I really do see, as far as on the political side of things, the people that are making the most impact are people that had nothing to do with politics wherever they were or whatever they were doing before, and they just kind of picked up when they got here. Yeah, I think that that's the, that's the that would be the, to me the dirtiest kind of free stater is somebody who was a local, you know, attempted to be a local politician, ran a few times in in whatever uh, state that they were in, and said, "I can't win here. I'm going to New Hampshire where I can get oh, elected." You, you mean like the current president of the Senate of the state of New Hampshire, my senator uh, Sylvia Larson, who pretty much screwed up in the in, in the Wisconsin legislature and then came to New Hampshire and somehow made good for herself, and now is the most powerful woman in the state like her yeah well that you know and that there's she's not the only one um you know one of the socialists who, who have done just that there yeah. you go all right dennis with good conversation anything else you wanted to cover tonight later day guys thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves we go to mac in tennessee mac you're on free talk live yeah i just listening to your program it's a pretty good program you got there thanks mac thanks, what's sir. on your mind tonight I was just talking about Obama and uh, what, a, <laughs> in my opinion, is what, what do y'all think might um, might be happening in uh, six months from now? Or Who cares? Some scumbag is going to get elected to president and uh, things are going to get worse. <laughs> Either, I mean, you pick your scumbag. Derek. I think Obama's going to win. However, I don't think that there would be any. Um, you know, there's. I, I don't think there's a lot of advantages to uh, McCain winning. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you have the choice between McCain, the Democrat, um, Obama, the uh, tried and true socialist, and uh, Bob Barr, the Republican. And you know, they, they of course their their uh, their labels are changed in the media. Yeah. But that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, I'd say. All right. Well. There you go. Nothing really po- positive to look forward to at the federal level, my friend, and there never really will be until we secede, and then we won't have to look at it at all. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Indy Mac, Los Angeles Associated Press, Diane Klein isn't sure what she would trust more to hold her money, Indy Mac Bank or a hole in her backyard. The retired teacher is among hundreds of people who have crowded outside IndyMac branches across Southern California this week, waiting hours in line to withdraw their funds from the failing bank that was seized by federal regulators. Ms. Klein said, uh, once I get in the door, I'm going to get every penny I can out of there. She says, I'm going to bury it in the backyard. Klein originally chose IndyMac for its high interest rates. Did it give her address? Yeah, right. She said her account has more than Dummy. the federally insured <laughs> limit of $100,000, and she didn't want to risk losing any of it. She said, I worked my whole life for this money. It's kind of scary. Now, if you've got over $100,000, uh, I don't know if you are going to get uh, the amount that's over that back. It doesn't seem very likely. Not if you have an account there. Since the feds took it over, maybe. Who knows? But uh, if you have more than $100,000 in any bank account, you need to spread it out. Even right. And also watch out for interest, because over, over time, 
uh, that hundred thousand dollars is going to is going to increase to more than the limit, the FDIC limit, then yeah. you're in trouble too. Well, and hopefully you won't uh, be needing. I mean, if you do have a bunch of money in an account, even if it's not a hundred thousand, even if it's you know if you've got one bank account and you're sitting on fifty grand, and then that bank goes under, you know, how are you going to pay your bills at that point? How are you going to uh, get things done if you can't get access to your money right away? And people are shopping the highest interest rate where they should also be looking at the uh, the credit rating of the bank as well. Boy, I don't think any... I've never thought to look at something like that, so I don't imagine very many people have ever even... They don't even know such a thing exists. Uh, more coming up here with the uh, IndyMac situation and your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free, so enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, or rather when you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy in life, they probably sell it at Amazon. And you might just get free Super Saver shipping because they've got that on a whole bunch of their items. 41-plus categories to shop in, even used stuff. We get a percentage. Just enter. And start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, back to the IndyMac story from the Associated Press. The uh, story, of course, uh, in regards to IndyMac is that they they crashed. They crashed and burned. They uh, overextended themselves, made some real bad choices, and now they are they've been nationalized. Now the federal government has come in and taken over operations of the bank, allegedly planning to sell it off down the line after they get stuff straight. So who knows how long that's going to take them. Uh, but in the I know meantime, they're going to lose money on the sale because the government is neither good at buying nor selling anything. There was, a run, there was a run on Countrywide about nine months ago, and uh, Bank of America took them over in sort of an arranged marriage between the federal government and, and, and uh, Bank of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's going to be too many of these banks to do this with the way things are going. But the moral hazard here is that um, people don't check the solvency of their banks before they deposit their money into them because they look at just the interest rate. And they're not really looking at the whole picture because they they think, okay, I'm going to get bailed out by the FDIC if this bank goes under. Right. They're all insured identically. So one thinks that the banks are identical. It doesn't, um, you know, how close is is a bank to needing that insurance is another issue, though. Now, there are private firms. I believe Weiss Research is one that actually rate banks based on their solvency. And that's something we should all look at going forward. Weiss Research? I, I believe Weiss Research. They have, they have ratings on bonds, on insurance companies, on, on, on banks as well. But Worth looking into because the more this happens, the more people are going to get a clue and start to do that, hopefully. Uh, and Unfortunately, we are expecting you, Wayne, are talking about some sort of financial calamity, so it's possible more of this could start to happen. Yeah, I think we're going to see a, a melt, a big, another big meltdown by the end of the year. Well, uh, back to the story here about the hundreds of people, because this, you know, it's it's bad enough what happened to those folks, but the the people that are affected are the real tragedy here. I mean, the the bankers, they'll be all right, uh, but the the people Politicians here certainly will. Yeah, the the the, uh, the individual account holders that are now sitting outside of their banks, uh, their branch offices, for hours at a time, just in the hopes of getting back in there to uh, to grab their whatever money they possibly can. According to the story in the AP, people waiting outside the branches have gotten emotional. 
emotional at times. At one point, police had to be called to a branch in the normally quiet Encino neighborhood. Tempers grew short Tuesday morning when customers who'd arrived before dawn accused others of cutting in line. Some of the line jumpers had been turned away the day before but were given vouchers granting priority by bank employees. Mm-hmm. Police quickly restored order without arrests, and the day progressed. People were divided into two lines that stretched for nearly a block. And by the this way, is, this is huge. That's right. And by the way, let's just say you have $77,000 in the bank. They're not going to let you take it out in cash. They no. don't have the cash. They're going to cut you a check. You can deposit another uh, bank. Yeah, but, a, but a check <laughs> isn't really a withdrawal, you know? Yeah. Um, they still have the funds. So, well, until you uh, take the check to another bank. Yes. Yeah, it, it, no guarantee you've gotten it until it clears, and right? There, there are also some stories of competing banks actually entertaining and giving people water bottles in line to try to get <laughs> their business. That's hilarious. People wanting to close yeah. accounts have been let in in groups of five. Joan Rubin sat in a bench chair on the sidewalk in the stifling heat with about 200 other anxious, embittered, and sometimes angry customers awaiting a chance to demand their money just four days after the bank was seized. She said, I've already lost three nights of sleep and three days of eating, and now I'm done. Uh, She says she planned to empty her account. Lillian Krausen said she had a strange feeling something was wrong when she arrived at the branch a week ago to renew her certificate of deposit, but she went ahead anyway. Mm. She came back Tuesday to cash it in and take the money elsewhere, although exactly where, she hadn't decided. The uh, 78-year-old retiree asked, where do you go from here? Under your mattress? You'd probably do better under your mattress. Yeah, you know, turn it into some gold and silver. Seeing while you're the run at it. on Countrywide, seeing the run on um, Indy Mac here, seeing the run on uh, on Washington Mutual, it has really made me think in the last few days that the banking industry in the United States might be tanking. And then over, in I don't Britain, know. I'm not Britain, saying it is. You had the Rock, which is a major financial institution in Britain that was had a big run a few months ago as well. Shortly before noon, here you go, uh, two employees of another bank, America Bank, arrived to hand out water bottles with their business cards attached to them. Uh, and the office, uh, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. But, which is, um, you know, it, it, that's good news uh, for the banking marketplaces that other banks are saying, hey, come on over, bring your stuff to us. We're in fine shape. That's a good thing. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Since we're talking money, here's another one for you. And uh, speaking of financial calamities, Wayne, uh, even the government's own numbers, they can't hide how bad things are getting. Uh, According to the Associated Press, consumer prices have jumped. Uh, Inflation fears intensify as consumer prices rise at the second fastest pace in a generation. Prices for a quart of milk, plane ticket, and a host of other products rose in June at nearly the fastest place, uh, pace in a generation and yet another economic shockwave that alarmed analysts and took a bite out of the buying power of Americans. You can expect uh, plane tickets to continue go, to go up. Both American and Delta lost, what they'd say, nine figures. Like Really? Yeah. Um, multi-billion dollars in, in a quarter or something like that. And I don't have the, the continue, sitting in front of me, but it's as amazing. As the security state continues to crack down, fewer and fewer people are going to bother right. travel. The, no, the government doesn't care. The, uh, the, 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 the nanny statists out there that they say, to, we're going to watch out for them terrorists. They don't care. You they know, don't care if the entire airline industry crashes and dies well, in America. Are, as long as we're safe, for God's sake. How far are we away from nationalized airlines in this country? That's absolutely. You're going to have the, the USA airlines, and uh, they're going to be run by the government, and they're going to suck. the federal skies. They're going to co- cost a, an, a fortune. Uh, they're going to be dangerous yeah. as hell. People, you don't want this. 
No, you and don't. the TSA is killing the airline industry. Now, remember, these numbers that they, uh, the Associated Press uses in stories like this come from the government. So they all need to be taken with a huge grain of salt. Odds are good that they're misrepresenting them and underrepresenting these numbers. But even all that said, they're pretty stunning admissions on uh, how bad things are getting. Consumer prices rose 1.1% in June from the month before, far faster than the expected rate of 0.7 and almost double the reading from May. The only time in the past quarter century that monthly inflation has been that high was in September of 2005 uh, because of Hurricane Katrina, they allege. Consumer prices are up 5% over the last 12 months, the fastest one-year change since 1991. As prices rose last month, take-home pay took a hit. Adjusting for inflation, weekly wages fell 0.9% in June, the third straight monthly decline and the biggest drop in almost four years. Yep, this is under a Republican administration, and you can expect on the Democrats it will not get any better at all. They raise taxes. Um, right. That's what they intend to do to fix this. Raise taxes. Fiscal responsibility, which means we're going to pay for all the crap that we're going to spend money on. The Labor Department reported that prices at the wholesale level were rising by the highest annual rate in 27 years. So when wholesale prices rise, that's going to come down to the, the retail floor pretty quick. Before Consumer Price Index, which came out Wednesday, measures not just what Americans pay for goods, but other purchases, including services like health care and haircuts. Higher energy costs have led the way with a more than 10% rise in gasoline prices. More expensive vegetables, dairy, and the beef uh, pushed up food costs. And just wait until we hit the winter season. People are going to get... I mean, people are in tough times right now. Right. They're going to pay through the nose for heating oil oh. this winter season. It's going to get to the point where having electric heat is going to be uh, more cost effective. That's, right. That's what they say is that uh, last year electric heat was the way to go. And really? That, and likely it's going to be this year, too. Um, and I have electric heat in my house as uh, you know, secondary off of the, the, the wood. But um, in my opinion, wood's the way to go, just so you know. But <laughs> if you can, Especially if you can get it off your own property. Yeah. The, um, when, the, with the airlines, they were talking about this was all uh, fuel costs, essentially, was the the huge loss, and, and that's amazing. But uh, and somehow five percent, by the way, airlines. Yeah, they went up five percent in the last uh, last month. They're, you're going to see a lot more than that. But Southwest managed to dodge that bullet. And the thing that they're not mentioning is that the you know the, the ridership's down since nine eleven. Some of that has to do with people being scared. They're scared the terrorists can blow up airplanes. Yeah, as though the terrorists tried to blow up airplanes. The terrorists didn't try to blow up airplanes on nine eleven. Mm-hmm. They flew them into buildings as weapons. The airplanes were weapons. They weren't targets. And the pa- anyway. pilots weren't armed either. Yeah. Anyway, what um, the other portion of it is is that it's just a, it's it's onerous to go through the TSA. Uh, foreign travels down uh, into this country. Foreign tourism is down into this country because they say that they're just they don't feel welcome. They're they're getting patted down and and treated badly, and uh, you know they they don't want to come here. That's bad yeah. for our economy. It's bad for the airlines. And you know I heard somebody who's kind of a, like a lefty kind of environmentalist suggest last week that it's good that the economy is crashing because we won't be damaging the environment as much. And I had to disagree <laughs> with him because the problem is is when you when the economy collapses, people do anything. They're desperate, and then it comes to Bambi versus Rambo, and Rambo always wins. Mm. So the economy, or, I'm sorry, the environment gets worse. Uh, we will return tomorrow night. You can, as always, take over the airwaves at that time. It has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We will see you tomorrow night. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? 
first, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.